This morning, the Bible study is from Second Timothy chapter three. If you have the Bible, you can open the Bible together and reading the Bible together with me. Chapter three, verse ten. The title is "A Final Charge to Tim- Timothy." You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? Lystra, the persecution I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil doers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God's. Is God breathed and is used for useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Good morning, church. Happy New Year! First Sunday of 2021. Can you believe it? We survived 2020. What happened in 2020? It's gone. It's it vanished. It was a challenging year, wasn't it? Have you achieved anything in 2020? Do you feel like you've done a lot, but you haven't moved much? Do you feel like a bad swimmer in a storm? You paddle so hard, but you're not moving. Or you're just barely surviving. You're you're trying to keep your head above the water. Or have you done a lot this year because it's a challenging year? So you've paddled, you've swam, and you've moved so far. What do you feel like? We always see the end of the year or the start of a year as a checkpoint, don't we? We like to reflect upon ourselves. We like to look back through the year. We evaluate. That's what we always do. We ponder: what have we done last year? How can we be better this year? We always hope to be better. It's a natural human instinct. I want to be better. Do you want to be better? Do you want to be better this year? Do you want to use today or use the first week of 2021? Sit down, have a quiet time with God. Say to God, "Thank you, Father, for 2020. It's been challenging, but thank you so much. How can I be better in 2021? How can I do more for you, Lord? Say to our Father in heaven, 'This year I will carry on. I will totally rely on you. Say to God, 'I shall take up your cross, and I will follow you.'" And As you've heard from Pastor Charlie last week, we are in a six-week series of what we call a Master Life Discipleship Series. It's actually a total of 
24 weeks. If you do it every week, it's going to be 24 weeks. And in, the, in this six weeks, we're going to show you a trailer of, um, of a very exciting movie. In, during these six weeks, we're going to show you a snapshot or snapshots of what this discipleship series is going to be like. We're going to have a registration in February. We want you all to join us. Picture this, if we all join this discipleship series, we can share together what we learned, and we can take this course together as one church, as one body. It's going to be very, very wonderful. So we commend that to you, February 2021. But today, our topic is live in the word. So 2021, what goals do you have? Set a goal for yourself. But no matter what goal you have in your family, in your work, in your personal life with friends, don't forget about God. God is the very purpose of your life. Invest in the long-term eternal reward. If you imagine you have said to God, What shall I do, God, in 2021? What shall I do for you? Have you asked that question before? God, I am here. Tell me, Father, what shall I do for you? I want to do something for you, but I don't know what you want me to do. Tell me. I'm willing to follow you. I'm ready. I'm here. Tell me in my ears what you want me to do. Maybe send me an email of what you want me to do. If you send me an email, I'm going to read it straight away, and I'm going to do it straight away. Make it absolutely clear for me. Imagine this. If you received a text message today from God directly, it says, Dear child, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciple. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Deny yourself, pick up the cross daily, and follow me. Your Father God, are you going to be amazed by this message? Yes, Lord, I'll do this. I'll do this for you. In fact, God has sent us thousands of text messages which are printed for you in this book, Bible. Have you read them? If your Bible is a tablet, by the way, which Moses got one and God actually wrote on his tablet. Amazing. Does it have red below the messages? Like on, underneath the verses, each verse will, will say red. And maybe there's, you know, two blue ticks. <laughs> red but not responded. Is God waiting for you to read his messages? Is God waiting for you to respond? We've got to live in the word. Before we proceed to today's passage, I want to pray. Let us pray together. Pray for God's help. We want to live in his word. We want to remain in him. Let us pray together. Dear Lord Father, thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you for, so much for your salvation. You are the almighty, powerful, so sovereign God. We praise you for your wonder. And you're also the loving God, our Father. We give thanks to you. We pray that you will speak to us and that we will listen and understand and apply your word to our life. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Exactly 500 years ago, on the 3rd of January, 1521, 500 years ago, something happened. And I think what happened on that day exactly 500 years ago can be related to what we read today. So on the 3rd of January, 1521, a person was expelled by his church. This person's name is called Martin Luther. And the person expelling Martin Luther from the church is the Pope of the Roman Catholic Church at that time. Why was he expelled? Because he held to the Lord's teaching. Because he refused to follow what is not taught in the Bible. Martin Luther said, we Christians should be absolutely sure about our salvation. We should be absolutely certain about the grace of salvation upon us from God. We are saved through Christ, and we can be absolutely sure that we are saved. The burden of proof for salvation rests not upon our work, but upon God's action, God's grace himself. In other words, Ephesians 2, we are saved by grace through faith. It's not our own doing, but it's a gift from God. It's not a result of works. So Martin Luther, he was not tired of preaching God's word. He lived in God's word. And he suffered, and he was excommunicated by the church. He continued on with what God has planned for him to do throughout his life. He suffered for Christ. And this is basically what Paul is teaching us in the passage today. You see, there's always a purpose in Paul's writing. His purpose is God. He says to Timothy, you have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life. What is your aim in life? Paul's aim in life was God. Everything is about God. He teaches God's word. He teaches Timothy. He's showing Timothy and us what is the conduct of Christ? What is the teaching of Christ? Do you have your aim in your life as God? An aimless person is like a ship that is lost in the tossing sea, probably a bit like 2020. People always say that our life is a journey with a destination, right? What is your journey and what is your destination? If your goal, if your destination is a meaningful career, you're going to work extremely hard, won't you? You're going to climb your career ladder all your life to reach your career that is satisfying for you. If your goal is to provide for your family, is to have a comfortable life in your family, you will work extremely hard so that you're financially capable to provide for your family. If your goal is to travel the world, you work extremely hard to earn money to travel the world. If your goal is a great lifestyle, you're going to also work extremely hard. So no matter what, you're going to work extremely hard. But we know that all these things are temporary. All these things will fade away. If we know that, our path, what we do today, might be very different. I've got a friend, he told me last week, he was trying to convince me something. He was trying to convince me that 
things in life are meaningless because he was very successful in his career. He has a business. He was earning a decent amount. He was traveling around the world for his business, so he gets to see a lot of things. He's a good man. He loves his family. He's, he has a good life. He has success. But one day, earlier this year, his wife is suddenly gone. He passed away suddenly in one night because of an acute illness. His wife is gone, and he's like a captain of a ship lost in the tossing sea. He's a Christian. He knows that his ultimate destination is God. But he also testified, and we know from all the, all the passages in Ecclesiastes that King Solomon has also found that all these possessions, all the things that we are doing are virtually meaningless, except for God. It has the meaning if it is for God. The only thing with an eternal meaning, the only thing with eternal value is Christ himself. In other words, everything will have a meaning if we do it for God. The way we have Christ living in you is to have his word in you. A lot of things in our life is actually not important. We've made them important. Have you been spending time with the Lord? This is the most important thing. Have some quality time with your Father in heaven. Jesus said in John 8, 31, 32, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The word is food for us. We can't grow unless we regularly digest the word. Christ's teaching is found in the word. If you don't have regular involvement with the word, you will be held back from being a follower of Christ. You might wonder, what differences does it make then if I remain in the word? We still face the same problems, the same difficulties as anyone else. As Christians, we're not exempt from difficulties. But remaining in his word, remaining in this relationship with the sovereign God cultivates this relationship. It's like when a storm comes, we have his word as the source of guidance and strength. It's like a compass in a storm. It's like a manual of a difficult puzzle. I think one thing that we have to be constantly reminded of is that we are not our own. We don't belong to ourselves. We are bought at a price. We are not our own master. Our master is God. In Amos 5, verse 4, Seek me that you may live, says the Lord. May Make a goal for yourself this year, 2021. If, if you have done it, continue doing it. That's what Paul is saying. This is my teaching. Continue on with this teaching. If you haven't, make a goal. Make a goal this week. Make a goal today to follow Christ, to spend quiet time with the Lord. He is the way. Follow his way. If you believe that God has made you, if you believe that God has sacrificed for you, 
if you believe that God does care and does love you dearly, make an appointment with Him to see Him, to talk to Him. He is waiting for you. He is knocking outside the door, waiting to come into your heart. Connection, the connection with God, the fellowship with God is so important. He wants us to read His Word. He has given us so much the Bible. How many times have we said to God that, God, why aren't you here? Where are you, God? Not only that God is here, his word is right on our desk, and we are still asking, where are you, God? God has told us the whole Bible of messages. We are still saying to God, tell me, God, what do you want me to do? There are four reasons for having a quality time, a quiet time with God. The first reason is to know God. Through fellowship with Him, we, um, we desire this close relationship with God. Have you seen videos online where, um, where a child is waiting for the father to come back because the father has gone to war? And when the father comes back to surprise the child... Um, the surprise, the excitement, the happiness on, on the child's face, it, it draws your tears out because the child loves the father and the father loves the child. The child really longs to have a relationship with the father. So when the father comes back, he's like, Father, you're back. We have the precious word with us. He is our father. He's our savior, God. He died for us. Don't you want to have a relationship with him? Don't you want to meet him every day? Paul says in Philippians 3.10, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. No wonder why Jesus said that we should become like little children and we can enter the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, because children have the submissiveness and the meekness, the humility. We have to be humble. We need to humble ourselves, and we need to know that we need our Father. second reason to spend time with God is to receive directions and guidance for daily decisions. When we have daily quiet time with God, um, the persistent problem comes back to us every day because we don't have enough time. The problem of time... We live in a very busy life. We wake up, we have all sorts of things to do. Um, we have to prepare for the children, prepare for breakfast. We have to go to work. Even lunchtime, we have to think about work, sometimes children, sometimes what we have for lunch. After we finish work, we pick up our children. Some of us would be um, going to gym. Some of us would be meeting friends and then go home, have dinner, cook dinner, prepare for the kids, putting kids to bed, and then I have my private time. I need to rest maybe prepare for work tomorrow. Oh, I forgot about God. We need to remember God. We are living in the world in a, with a very fast pace. The pace is so quick. 
I'm sure you, uh, you agree with me many years ago, like if we write a letter or if we receive a letter, you don't, res you don't expect a response immediately, do you? You probably expect a reply in a month. I think one time when I was younger, my, my mum posted a, a, a Christmas card to my aunt in Canada, and then it, the Christmas card became an Easter card. So you sort of expect a reply the next Christmas. But last week I received a message from, from, from a client, really, and, and after an hour, he, he's like, you haven't responded to me. <laughs> we, we, we are living in this world of so... We don't have enough time. But what about God? We have to make a lot of decisions every day. Are we making these decisions based on God? Are we relying on God to make all these decisions? If our life is a puzzle, are we looking at the cover of the puzzle to make the puzzle? Are we, are we just diving into the puzzle and trying to make it ourselves? God uses his word to reveal his directions for all of us. Don't lose our goal. If we are people who flee from refuge, lost in the sea, Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf and gave us the sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Read his word every day so that we don't get lost. The third reason we spend time with God is to bring our needs before God. Sure to say 2020 is a year of need. We needed a lot of things. We needed toilet paper. We needed masks. We needed hand sanitizer. We need job keepers. We have a lot of earthly burdens every day. And these things will fade away. These things, if you look at the grand map of eternity, these things are relatively meaningless. It means something in our world, in our life, if it's for God. John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my word in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Seek his kingdom first and the rest will be given upon us. Look at the things with eternal value and eternal meaning. If you hold to Christ's teaching, you will not wait to ask for his help as a last resort you will first come to him before you tackle the problem. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that you and all of us may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And the fourth reason to spend time with God is to bear fruit, to bear spiritual fruit. God wants us to bear fruit. I've been planting a lemon fruit tree in the backyard and it doesn't produce lemons. I almost wanted to cut, cut it off. If you plant something, if you have a baby, you want the baby to grow. That's what our Lord Father wants us to do. We need to take his word. We need to, need to be nourished. We need to take his water, the living water. God doesn't need us to work from him, but he wants 
to work through us if we remain in an obedient relationship with him. He will repeatedly show you how the scripture points to him himself. He will prepare you for the situations that arise. He needs you to show every one of us that you are bearing fruit because our Father expects you to bear fruit. Paul wants to demonstrate to Timothy and us that he is bearing fruit, and he's showing Timothy that you are doing well. You have got all these teachings from your Christian mother, your your family, and Paul himself, but continue on with this life with this aim in life, with God, with Christ's work through you. God calls you to continue on the mission that he gave you. It's a legacy, but it's not our legacy. It's a journey, but it's not our journey. It's God's journey. God wants you to join his journey. Paul is telling us, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Yes, we will be persecuted. However, Christ has shown to us, Paul has shown to us, that victory is upon him. Victory is, victory is upon Christ. Victory is upon us. If he's the vine, we are the branches. Then if we stick to him, we will bear fruit. If he is persecuted, we will be persecuted. But if he wins and he has won, we will win as well. And we have won as well. Are you spending time daily with our Lord Father? Jesus has maintained the practice of a regular private worship himself. If you're a morning person, you know, wake up and then you do a lot of things, spend quality, quiet time with with the Lord in the morning. Jesus got up in Mark 1.35, left the house and went off to um, a place in the morning. And also Luke 6.12, if you're a night person. One of those days, Jesus went up on a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Do it at night. Do it at a time convenient for you. Three tips for a daily quiet time, a daily quality time with God. Schedule a regular time. Get into a habit. A research at MIT, this university, conducted a research. It shows that 90% of what we do is mostly routine. It's a behavior. It's a habit. It's a habit that we can actually cultivate. If we are in the habit of not drinking water, not drinking enough water, then we won't drink enough water. I've downloaded this app that forces me into the habit of drinking water because I know I need to drink water, but I don't drink enough. Do you have that app or some sort of app? We have to teach ourselves into a habit sometimes. We know we need water. We know we need God as the living water, don't we? The Word of God is living and active. How much time are we drinking this living water every day? Second tip to be um, spending time with God is to find a place to be alone with God. Pray, read the word, say to God, I need you 
at a place comfortable for you? Is it your room? Is it your living room? Is it your TV room? With a cup of tea or coffee? Make yourself comfortable. Teach yourself. Form this habit of meeting God at this holy place for yourself. It's holy not because of anything external. It's holy because it's an appointment with God. Third tip to spend quality time with God is to follow a procedure. Don't rush it. Have a rundown. Have a plan. Do it consistently. Pray, fellowship with God, praise the King, praise God, thanksgiving, read His Word. If you're not accustomed to reading long passages, read one chapter, half a chapter, five minutes, ten minutes, start small and grow your habit. You'll find that God's words are so wonderful that you want more. Scripture is breathed out by God. It's the authority of God. We need to appreciate the authority of the word. It's the authority from God, not from the church. The scripture teaches us, it reveals to us the knowledge concerning God's revelation. It teaches us to know what he wants us to do. The scripture reproves, it tells us what is right. It tells us which path to stay in. It tells us to continue on with God's command. In Deuteronomy 5.32, it says, You shall walk in in all your way that the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live, and and that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land that you shall possess. The scripture also corrects us. If we find that we are not doing right, if we continue to move, God will steer us into the right direction. Scripture is life to Moses. God said to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 8, 1, verse, uh, 1 through 2, The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do. You shall remember the whole day that the Lord your God has led you out of the wilderness for 40 years so that he might humble you, testing you to know that what is in your heart, that you would keep his commandment or not. And he humbled you, let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you didn't know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that the man does not live by bread alone but man lives every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Paul's aim is very clear. He wants us to be complete and equipped for every good work. Are we complete? Are we equipped for every good work? God wants us to respond to him. God has led you and me through the wilderness, and he will continue on We are gifted so much by God with unimaginable things. Praise him. Thank him. 2021, give yourself a goal. Give yourself a goal today. What can you do for God? Live in his word. Remain in his word. Say to God, thank you for saving me. I am yours, Jesus. I want to follow you. Remain in his word. Live in his word. Let us pray.
Thank you, God, for your salvation. Thank you so much for leading us through all the confusion, pain, and suffering. We know that you will continue to be our guide, and Lord, give us strength to continue on what you want us to do. Show us what you want us to do. Let us remain in you, rely on you, and live in your word. In Jesus' name, amen.